are you interested in saving 10 hours a week as you work towards your goals? What would that do for you? Could you be more present at home and still be able to be passionate about your personal calling? I would say yes. Stephanie Corder is back with me today, sharing how to create a life map and gather your skills to identify your gifts. Taking the time to plan initially will save you time in the long run. We talk through questions such as, what do I want to create? How would I do it? Who are the five to 10 people that are going to help me? Why do I need those people in my corner? What do I need to learn? What obstacles will I face? And why do I care about this at all? So take out a notebook and pen and get ready as we dive into creating a life map with Stephanie. Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so God can mold and transform you into a woman ready to step into your calling and crush your goals his way. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can live intentionally and move forward confidently with the gifts God has given you. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me because I know you will come out stronger. Hey, Stephanie, welcome back to Red Hot Mindset. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Our conversation last week was such a blast. Um, We talked about your struggle victory story, which was a huge struggle, but a major victory. And um, I love talking about your victory run. That's what I like to call them. So what is your victory run? And they're always different for everybody. But um, would you mind just summarizing for us. I want the listeners, if you haven't listened to the episode yet, go back and tune in. Um, Last Tuesday, we talked about it and it was great, inspiring. You will not want to miss it. But in case they haven't heard your story yet, can you just give us a brief summary of um, your struggle victory story and then what you do now? Yeah. So 10 years ago, I was a very hyperactive mom. I, I served for an international ministry. I had been working. I was a a Boy Scout leader, a Cub Scout leader, a Girl Scout leader, a homeroom mom for two kids, a school coordinator, a 4-H leader. I had the house on the garden tour. Uh, we had aquaponics, chickens. I mean, we had a very full life. We would do off-roading and camping and life was great. And just like that, everything changed. Um, literally overnight, I began to not be able to walk. And within no time, literally a matter of weeks, ended up in a wheelchair and spent the better part of seven years between a wheelchair. Um, I had a walker, big leg braces, canes, but I spent the majority of my life in bed for about seven years. And the doctors had said, I'll never forget, the doctor sat there and said, Steph, we need you to come to terms with this. You will never hike again. And then that was my solace. You know, we all have that thing that we find peace and, and that was mine. And he said, you know, you're never gonna do that again much less walk around a building without crying. I need you to accept this. And in that moment, you know, I was bawling like a two-year-old and screaming in my spirit, no, 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 this can't be real. And for seven years, it was real. For seven years, it was really real. Uh, But God, but praise God. And today I am in remission, multiple conditions. I don't use a wheelchair, hallelujah. Uh, No leg braces, no canes, none of it. Um, I hike all the time. I have the privilege of living in Scottsdale, Arizona, where we have tons of mountains 
and I'm able to hike mountains that people come here to hike uh, without, you know, wanting to die. Sure, I, you know, I'm normal, but I'm able to live my life to the fullest. And I have a, uh, two kids, I homeschool, and I'm a full-time marketing coach. I have a course with a membership and private clients and live this full life again. Um, which you never know, right? Like how that's going to go when someone faces a chronic condition. Um, but praise God, we were able to find a way around it. Yeah, so great. I love how you say, but God, you know, like who could have healed you, but God, you know, <laughs> what you, but God it's, and it's so true. I feel like we try to take control and we try to do it all our own. We forget, we really can't do it without him. And he is our everything. He's our um, healer. He's our visionary. He's everything. And I know today we're transitioning to do some teaching here. I love talking about goals and I know you do too. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on. So we could talk a little bit about creating that vision for our lives and creating a life map. Um, but in order to really create a life map, I feel like you really have to have an idea of where you're going. Yes. Um, and so I'd love for you to take us on this journey. What's one of the first things that we need to think about? You know, I remember um, one of the things I do with all my private clients and all the girls that take the course is I have them get the book First Things First by Stephen Covey. It was written back in the 90s. Okay, like Franklin Covey planners that we all had when Blackberries were just starting out. Nobody, I don't think those stories even exist anymore. I don't, you know, I don't know. I loved my planner. I didn't think I'd ever give it up. But so he, he wrote these books and one of the books is First Things First. You probably know him better from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. If you have teenagers, get it for your teens. It's a great book. Um, but I have people go through that book because it's got lots of time management affirmations and ways of looking at it, but it also brings you to write your personal mission statement. And I think it's really important um, that we do that, that we take that time to sit down and go, okay, God, what is the bigger picture that you're called me to? And then everything else falls into that picture, but it takes the time and the ability to, you know, sit with yourself. And I, and I you know, I'll tell girls, I'll go, I don't care if you got to light candles, put some incense on, turn that diffuser on, sit with a pen and paper, nobody around and breathe and let the father speak to you. He's faithful. And so we'll highlight those things. And, you know, I wrote my personal mission statement literally, oh, I'd have to, I don't know now, almost 30 years ago. And every year I read it. And even the years that I was sick, I read it. And I've found that the years I'm doing the core pieces of that personal mission statement, the more fulfilled I am. It's not about the money and all the creation, all the stuff I could build and make and what have you. It's about that and everything else comes into that. Mm, that's so good. And I'm a big believer of creating your mission statement as well. And I think doing it prayerfully, just having that time, like even I was feel I was kind of struggling this past year. I feel like I was just in waiting. And I talked about this a little bit on my podcast in the beginning of the year, but sitting there going, what do you want next from me, God? Like, I just don't know. And I just felt stuck in the spot. Um, but it was more just, I was watching and waiting to see. And all of a sudden I sit by myself in December, not, you know, and I get a couple hours to myself journaling, just thinking, praying. And like that, he gave me clarity and he, <laughs> me. and I'm like, what? 
<laughs> and so I think it's so important that we get that time yes. to be able to really sit with our thoughts and with our prayers and with to really develop what's coming next. What is my next step? So now when it comes to creating this vision, um, I love just recently, you just told me the story about when, uh, and you'll hear it in her uh, struggle victory story last Tuesday. Um, one of the first things Stephanie did was become an Uber driver. And mm -hmm. so I'm sure she had, you had lots and lots of fun oh conversations there. <laughs> there one that stood out from particular. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened there? Yeah, you know, so my husband had convinced me to drive Uber to build a track record, to just get healthy, get around people again, and to get used to uh, stretching my body and being able to do things I hadn't been able to do. And one particular day, you know, this is so how God works. This guy gets in my car and, you know, he starts small talk and he owns a bunch of businesses and stuff and tells me he has a house church. And he starts telling me the struggles that he and his wife had gone through uh, with a child of theirs. And we were having huge struggles with our kid. Here I'm getting better and my kid's collapsing, but that kind of happens sometimes. And um, so he, he just stops mid-sentence and he goes, Stephanie, stop groveling before the cross. And I sat there and thought, is that what I do? Yep. Mm -hmm. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Give me my kid. God, help me with it. You know, of course, that's what I was doing. And he, and he said, you know, instead ask God to give you a vision, not a vision of what you desire this kid to look like or his life to look like or expectation to be. Ask God to give you a vision of the child connected to Jesus. And so that's what we did. We came, you know, I came home, my husband, I told him what happened. Of course, I had a good cry. And um, we prayed and we just said, God, help us to see this vision that, that you want us to pray. You know, help, help us. We want to serve you. Help us. And he's so faithful. And so God gave me an image of one day. Now, mind you guys, I have a pain condition that was only second to terminal cancer and level of pain. I mean, people like that, we will scream sometimes in pain until we pass out. We're on such medications, hospitals can't typically help us. It's just life. Thank God it doesn't happen every day, but it happens. And that particular day was one of those days. And I was, I didn't know anybody was in the room with me. I was in such a state. And I opened my eyes and my two little ones, my youngest were on the right-hand side praying. And my husband was knelt on the left-hand side of the bed. And the child that we've had struggles with, he was pacing up and down the bottom of the bed with my Bible open and he was yelling it. I don't know where he was in Psalms or Proverbs louder than my screams just magnified. And I remember in that moment thinking, you've got me, God, you know, and that was what the vision was that God gave me was, oh, <laughs> was this child worshiping connected completely to God. I don't, let's face it. We don't care what our kids grow up to be or do or live or anything. If they don't have Jesus and they don't have this peace that surpasses understanding the struggle they're going to face is so much more. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, that kid didn't have that struggle. He was plugged in. And so that began our prayer. Give us this, give us the plugged in, the plugged in. You know, we pray as parents for all these different things, right? But that's really what it is. What's the vision that you want me to pray, Lord? And I want that because there's a feeling in that vision, right? There's a, a feeling in me 
But even more, there was a feeling in my kid. And that, that, that's it, Lord. That's what I want. Not all the hopes and dreams I have for them. That's it. That's the peace I want. And I think, you know, we hear that uh, people without a vision shall perish. And we think that means that we need to know A to B to C to D to E. And that's not true. And, and we think it means, okay, I'm going to write my goals. So I need to write on my goals and I need to make, you know, $10,000 a month. And I need to do this. And I don't know, right? Like that's striving, not thriving. And, and there's such a difference when we can tap into that. And we turn, like you just said, we turn to the father and say, God, help me with what you want. I love how Tony Robbins says it. He says, you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have fulfillment, that's the ultimate failure. Mm-hmm. And so I want fulfillment. And that's more than a five minute, write my goals on a piece of paper. Yeah, totally. Well, and I also think of, um, you know, when you were talking about having the vision that God wants for you is really the verse of he'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, when it comes to that, it's not just any desire. It's not, oh, I want a thousand dollars. I want a hundred thousand dollars. You know, it's not that kind of a desire. It's because when you're in relationship with him, when you're truly seeking him, the desires that are in your heart are desires placed by him. They're his desires for you. And so it's the same thing. It's like, it's his vision for you. It's not you trying to create your own vision for your own life. It's you creating the vision that he has for you mm-hmm. as he knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly the giftings he gave you. So he knows where to put you. He knows what he wants you to do. And so when we really seek him, those desires line up with his and he will give them to us if we're seeking him. Yes. And we're in action, right? You have to actually- In action, yes. I think that's that's a huge piece. And people will, you know, I mean, come on, you talk to people all the time and they'll go, well, how do you know that you heard from God? And how do you know it's what God wants? And here's the thing. If I'm in a party and my husband walks in, I've got my back turned to him and he walks in and he says two words, bam. I know my honey's there. My smile has hit and I've turned around looking for him, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing. It's the more time we spend in quiet with the Lord, you do whatever you got to do. You know, ask your husband or someone to take the kids for a little while, or if you don't have any place to do that, get in the car and give yourself some time. And people say, well, what am I going to say or pray for an hour? Well, it's amazing. It just comes. And, and you can just sit there. And the biggest thing that, that people struggle with today is learning to just sit with themselves. Yes. I mean, there's no one has white face anymore. All the white space is taken up because of these silly little things that are really small. That, you know, okay. um, because as soon as there's white space, if it's quiet, we take out our phone, right? right? And it's like, why don't you just let that sit there? And not, I mean, I, I think back to, well, we didn't have that much tea. We didn't have cable growing. Well, we don't have cable now, but we didn't have cable growing up. We didn't have all these fantastic movies to watch. And we didn't have cell phones. We didn't even have internet. So it's like, we had to sit with ourselves. But yeah. It's hard to remember how to do that. Oh, it is. And, and it takes practice. You know, it's it, and, and in the, the secular world, you know, we always talking about, which, which I believe in meditation, I believe in mindful meditation, there's a lot of power in it, but that's what we think sitting with ourselves means. Um, and there is a different space of sitting with ourselves just before the Lord. 
he's faithful. He's faithful. Yes, your flesh is going to flush out. You might feel hungry. You might get tired. You might, whatever. But the more you do it, the more you begin to plug in. And like you said, you take those action steps, just like I have people get that book first things first, they fill out the papers. Um, you know, they, they and, and I tell people, get a pen and handwrite it because there's something about that eye hand coordination brain wave thing that is so incredibly powerful. Now, if you're on the spectrum and you got a kid on the spectrum, I do, there's no way the kid's going to use a pen and write it down. But for the majority of people, it's super important to just sit and take a breath <sighs> because we, we think we know what our dreams should be, right? But a lot of times those hopes and dreams are what other people think we should be doing, you know, or, or the neighbor's going to do this, or our best friend's going to do that. So maybe we should do that, or maybe we should go there. But instead, when we just sit and, and sh you know, hey, girl, shut up, just sit and listen, then things start coming out. And one of the, the best things I tell people to do, because I love how Zig Ziglar says it should take you 10 to 20 hours a month to write your goals and you'll save 10 hours a week. And when I say that to people, they go, what? I ain't got time for that. But it's like, wait a minute, there's power if you come back to it and you just start writing and you start with a place of gratitude. What are the good things that have happened and, and why are you grateful for them? And what's interesting is as you write those beautiful things that happened last month, last night, last week in your life or what have you, you write those things down. All of a sudden you start to see a trend. What are the things that really fire you up and make you feel this, this goodness, you know? And people say, well, Steph, I, I start writing, but I don't know what to do. And I go, okay, well, the only way to get water is to turn the hose on. So turn the hose on. And I don't care if you got to scribble. You know, I love that scribble journaling. I don't care if you got to scribble, just scribble until those grateful things start coming and then walk away and then come back and go, what is it I really want to create? What does that look? What is that? You know, we don't always know what it looks like, but we have a, a, a visible understanding of that um, feeling, like I said, that vision feeling that we have. And if you don't have that feeling that goes to the vision, it's more than likely not for you. And I think that's an important part that people miss is they, well, I gotta do something. Yes, you do. Take time and breathe. Yeah, absolutely. And I always think like, there has to be some passion behind it. So if you're not getting fired up about it, then just keep sitting there, keep thinking, yeah. keep dreaming, keep you know, and honestly, that that quiet time is where I do create because it is where you get creative. You're not creative when you're watching something, when you're overstimulated by all the other things. You're creative when you take that time. And it seems like that's a great place to kind of start learning. Okay, so what am I passionate about? Um, what skills do I have or what are some of the things that I can offer? So like our gifts, how do we, I know we when determining our gifts, because some people are like, well, I don't have anything that I don't, I don't know if I have anything special. I don't know. Um, and you don't need a lot of things. You just need one thing, right? Okay. So, um, as you're kind of sitting there and doing these things, how do we kind of draw out some of those skills and gifts? Yeah, I think understanding, like, what are the things that you could read about all day long, or you talk about and you don't shut up and your girlfriends are sick of hearing it? You know, what are the things that really get you excited outside of your kids, 
Uh, we talk about that a lot. Okay. But outside of that, what are some of the other things that kind of stimulate you and draw your attention? And if it's, you know, if it's the homeless, that doesn't mean you go start a homeless shelter. It means what are the pieces that you could start with? You know, if you're like, well, Steph, I want to, um, I want to start a parenting podcast and I want to speak the good news to all these parents. Great. What does that look like? You know, what is it you really want to create out of that? Is it just to hear your voice? Is it, you know, what, what does that look like for you? And then once we identify what is it I want to create in the next 60, 90, hopefully you've done annual goals, the best of your ability, they'll change a million times, but you know, you begin to put these things together. When we look at that, then we need to go, okay, what are the things I'm going to need to learn? And I'm going to, I'm going to have to do. And one of the biggest pitfalls is right there. I see a lot of entrepreneurs fall into is they think they need to learn all the skills. They need to be the graphic artist. They need to be the videographer. They need to be all these things. No, those are the hows. So you write the things that you need to learn. The hows where we get stuck comes into the people. But who are those five to 10 people that are going to help you accomplish whatever it is that you need to accomplish? And if you don't have those five to 10 people, find them. You know, not don't go, I'm going to just choose my mom and my girlfriend and this person. No, 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 no. The five to 10 that understand that vein, whether they're other entre women entrepreneurs or it is a graphic artist and an accountant and all these people that you put into play to support you and what you're doing. Um, I have a private Facebook group called Warrior Mompreneurs, a bunch of women in there. You can come and get to know some women that are hot and heavy for, for more of what God has in life. But you've got to find those people. And then you've got to begin to kind of break it down. Like when we look at challenges, I always call it obstacles for moms. And we got to get honest. If I don't, <laughs> one of my obstacles was really, I had to start meal planning. I know that sounds kind of silly. But if I didn't meal plan, the kids were coming at four, starting at four o'clock. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What's for dinner? And my husband at six, what's for dinner? What's for... And you're trying to work. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I guess we're eating out. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it, it sabotages your time and the direction you're going. And so you got to begin to put these simple things in. What are those obstacles? And those obstacles look every month at what were the obstacles that got in the way of you doing what you felt called to do? How are you going to keep from letting those things destroy you the next month so that you don't just keep getting hung up? Well, the kids, you know, I never could run that business because the kids just always needed me. Ah, that's terrible. Mm -hmm. The kids will always need you. But coming up with breaking those down into those pieces, I think is so critically important. And then writing down a daily mode of operation because we all get stuck. We all get stuck. You know, I had one woman today. It was so funny. And I post telling me, I never get stuck with stinking thinking. I was like, good for you. You're one in a million because the majority of people, we get some kind of stuckness periodically, like you were saying. And so having that allows us to have that action. I'm going to do this action every day, whether I feel like it or not, because this has to happen to accomplish what this bigger picture is up here. And I think that that goes in every area of your life. And then, you know, the other piece that's so important in our goals is your why. And, and every mom, you ask her, what's your why? My kids? No, no, no. Okay. And so what will happen, they all get mad at me, <laughs> but I'll go, why your kids? 
well, because I, you know, I, I want to be able to homeschool them. Okay, why? Well, I want my opinions in them. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, because I want them to be free thinkers. Why? At this point, she's getting mad. But I'll ask her, you know, I'll do this in my this exercise with my clients like over and over and over until she just starts to cry. Because that's her why. And it may not even be remotely connected to her kids. But we think as good moms, that's our why. And they're always a part of it. They're part of everything. But why is it that God chose you to do this? And and what will hold you to the fire when things go south is Mm -hmm. so important to have. Oh yeah, for sure. That's exactly what I start with too. And I love it because I'm like, just pretend you're a little kid for a while and ask (laughs) why 500 times because you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to continue. That's one of the reasons why a lot of people fail or quit because they don't have a real why and they haven't found the root. So I totally agree with you on that for sure. Um, So now, you know, as we're kind of creating that vision and we're um, dealing with these obstacles, figuring out what the most important thing is each day and creating that why at the end of it, um, what does your life map look like when it's completed? You know, for me, I, I look at my life map as truly my personal mission statement. And I add to that, those pages that are in my Bible, like I said, the things I've done you know, like, okay, God called me to do this in this season and this in this season. And if I'd have ever gotten stuck on the activity, I wouldn't have accomplished or learned the things I learned. You know, my mission statement, interestingly enough, 30, almost 30 years ago was to help women identify their God-given gifts. Isn't that funny? All those years ago. And you know, was that in different seasons, uh, you know, serving the homeless and, you know, moving, gosh, I could tell you stories and make you die, but I brought, uh, you know, a stripper lived with us for a while and, you know, were all these things, what we, what the call was, no, it was the greater call. And it was those actions in those moments. We think we have to be this one thing, this one perfect thing. I'm a doctor. That's what I do. That's all I do. You know? It's not that simple with the Lord. We don't understand what the mysteries, right? We talked about the last time, the mysteries of God. Like we don't understand, but there's something, if it's, if it's the motivation, the vision, the why, then all the different ways that we share that feed into those goals. Yeah. So, so for me, I have, I, you know, I keep a life map of what has God had me do? And, and what did I learn from each of those things? You know, what was the, the coolest pieces of those? And then being open to what, had, what God has for tomorrow. I'm a marketing coach. I own a marketing company. I have a lot in, invested in this, right? But that doesn't mean that God won't tweak me a little bit here or tweak me a little bit there. And if I'm caught up in my identity of, what I'm supposed to be, according to the rest of the world, I could miss really cool opportunities in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So true. Because if we're, our eyes are not fixed on Jesus, then we will miss it. You know, I like um, extreme days. One of my favorite movies when I was in high school, it was just this little, um, it was a Christian movie, small, you know, all that. But one of the things that they said is, um, what was it? It was, um, 
at a blank. I don't know why, but <laughs> if a ball is thrown at you, don't duck. You might miss something, something like that. I think when a curveball is thrown, don't duck. You might miss something, but it's true. Yeah. Where, where are we focusing? Where are we putting our eyes? And um, I love that. A life map is going to look completely different for each one of us. And what's cool about it is we can look back at the stories. We can look back at the things and really see how God is working in our lives. And mm-hmm. I love that you said that, you know, um, one of the exercises I do with women, because the best way to market ourselves is the stories, like you said, the, the various stories. And um, so I have them literally go from, this is the date we, we are born, um, like you do a life map into the, you know, we don't know the end, but here's where we are today. And, and not every single little thing, right? If we document it, okay, I walked on this day, I crawled on this day, I turned over, you know, my gosh, it would fill my room five times over. But the things that really stand out that feed that energy that you feel like of what God is calling you to. And it's super cool because you end up with these patches of similar situation, you know, things that you gleaned from that grew you to be the expert, the person that you are today. And then you can take those stories and you can share them in your content in a way that allows people to connect with you that nothing else could have done um, because it's the beauty of who you really are. And it's, that is the uniqueness of what sets us apart. And I think that stuff is just amazing how God does that. It is, it is. And stories connect. I mean, that's why we share testimonies, right? The testimony connects, it resonates with people. You're always, and that's what I love because, you know, we talked about being alone and feeling alone, but when we tell stories and when we share our testimonies, we're connecting. And Mm -hmm. now the people who are listening do not feel alone. They're like, oh my gosh, you've been there. You know exactly what I'm talking about right now. You know how I'm feeling. You're in my head. And that's what stories do. And so that's so cool. I love that. Um, I know I could talk to you forever, but I know we need to wrap this up. But what, as we're leaving listeners with um, creating their vision and their life map, do you have one final thought or piece of advice for, for the listeners? You know, just start writing. Get in that quiet place and start writing and, you know, using tools like first things first and drawing a life map out and, and utilizing those tools. But for you, this is really about you. There is huge power. I mean, trust me, I asked all the girls in my course, you know, Hey, I want you to share your goals with all of us, because then you're like, I actually have to do this, you know? Um, there's an empowerment that, that crosses, they become real and valuable, but these are really your goals. And so, you know, we can live this life kind of trying to live it on autopilot. Um, but there's one thing for sure. I never wanted to be average. And I don't think most people do. I don't think most people, yeah, I'm just gonna live a nice little average life. Um, and so that means that we'll face challenges but we'll overcome. And we won't always make our goals, but if we're smart, we'll just go, hey, I'm sufficiently failing, I'm learning. And we'll glean everything that God has for us out of those moments. What a great way to end. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for being here. If you want to connect with Stephanie, a couple best places to find her is stephaniecorder.biz. And you can find her at Warrior Mompreneur on Instagram and Facebook. And I'll make sure to link those in the show notes for you so you can easily find them. 
Thank you, Stephanie. I so appreciate you being here. Thanks, Gabe. I'm, I've had a great time. I really love talking to you as always. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. And if you're not a part of the free Mindful Mamas online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you develop your gifting, live intentionally, and go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.